and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kenneke. Today's show is on Loco Roco for the PSP, and my guest today is Taylor Corshane. Hi there. For the second time. Yep. You're the first guest <laughs> to show up a second time. Making history on this yeah. landmark podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, first, uh, I need to apologize to uh, to any of my listeners out there. Uh, it has been... To my listener. <laughs> yeah, to my listener. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. Um, I have not done this show for a while. <laughs> at, least a, at least a month, month and a half, possibly even two months. I don't want to look up the exact time because it will make me sad. Um, the 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 long and short of it is I've been a little busy. Um, Aren't we all? Yeah, yeah. But um, I've, I've always been thinking about the show. I've been trying to get other episodes uh, happening. I have guests for tons of episodes, and scheduling's been a problem. But uh, since Taylor here lives in Columbia, uh, it is uh, slightly easier to get him in as a guest. Uh, not a slight to Taylor, cause, uh, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> the guest of he is no. Really, you, um, I, I think you came up with the idea for this, didn't you? Like you, I probably said this. It's probably yeah. this is probably my favorite handheld game ever made. Yeah, it's a such a cool game, uh, and I, because I don't get to do a whole lot of PSP stuff because there isn't a whole lot of good PSP stuff. <laughs> uh, I I jumped at the chance to do a really cool franchise. Um, for the PSP, because, you know, this show is almost all Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Because it has to be. How can you? Um, but, yeah. So we're going to be talking about Loco Roco, and as a bonus, uh, we're, I'm also going to talk a little bit about Rolando, uh, which was a 2008 iPhone game that shares many similarities with, with Loco Roco, and it did come out two years after Loco Roco, so it's possible that some ideas might have been borrowed. Stolen. <laughs> I mean, I guess the two. they gave the ideas back afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it feels like the Loco Roco people did a lot better uh, with that stuff than the Rwanda people did. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's uh, let's jump in to uh, into what we're talking about here. Is Loco Roco? It, uh, it was a 2006 PSP game. Uh, it came out from the uh, Sony Computer Entertainment Japan studio. Which I, you might know from games like Ape Escape uh, on the PlayStation Two. Uh, PlayStation well, One. Ape Escape was PlayStation One. Played the demo of it on my first demo disc. Oh, PlayStation! Fancy. I was bad at it because <laughs> I was nine. Ten. Um, and then they also made uh, some other really cool uh, PSP games, Echo Chrome, which just has one of the coolest little art styles, uh, just that kind of Escher esque black and white. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like optical illusion kind of stuff with it. Um, so that that's pretty cool. I, I need to play Echo Chrome because that probably deserves its own episode at some point. Uh, they also made Patapon, uh, which I mean, if you see Loco Roco and Patapon next to each other, you'd say, yeah, I, I bet that those were probably made by similar people, uh, and it, it ends up that they were. Uh, and then they've also uh, SCE Japan also works a lot with Team Eco. And they've they've worked on all their games. In fact, the the designer of uh, of Loco Roco did some level design for for the original Eco. Mm-hmm. And then they also work uh, with Project Siren on Gravity Rush, which is a PS Vita game. Well, like uh, the pinnacle for good games on PlayStation handhelds. Yeah, 
Exactly. Uh, or, or just PlayStation platforms. Be, <laughs> yeah, you get something like Eco and Shadow of the Colossus in there. Um, so, SC Japan, um, the, the designer is actually, his name is, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, I did take Japanese in college. That does not help me at all here. Uh, I believe it is Sutomo uh, Kuno. I'm probably wrong. Uh, um, but we will we will call him Kuno uh, for the rest of this podcast and uh, cross our fingers that it's correct. Um, Otherwise, he's sure to send us an email. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he'll send a nasty worded email in hiragana that I will not be able to read. So, hey. Great. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, like we said, he, uh, he worked on level design for Eco, but he was on a train in, uh, in Japan and sketched out this idea for Loco Roco on his PDA. PDA! This is, 2000, <laughs> this is 2004. I had a PDA used in 2004. Styluses, or styli? Styli. Stylus. I think it's just stylus. With a stylus. Let's, let's, let's keep just, it singular. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he sketched out this idea for Loco Roco, and, and the idea uh, was basically uh, this kind of, like, hilly area, and he had... Uh, these little balls that would all kind of move around and be manipulated by the world. That you wouldn't actually be controlling the the balls themselves, but you would be controlling the the uh, the world around them, the environment around them to move them around. Um, he brought this idea to, to uh, his bosses at Sony uh, Computer Entertainment Japan, and they said, "No, no, thanks. We're okay." Um, so he went back to the drawing board, tried to tried to kind of pitch it again to them uh, in 2005, and I said, no, nah, no, nah, still no. Um, but what was the real problem is that they just didn't quite understand the concepts he was talking about. He, he's saying, oh, yeah, there are going to be these, like, blobby creatures. <laughs> nebulous. And, and you don't control them. You control the world, man. And, and they just didn't quite get it. So they said, hey... If you can come back with some more concrete ideas so we can understand what the fuck it is you're talking about, like maybe we can give you a shot. Um, so he took that to heart, and he took a he had a four-person team uh, spend a month creating this kind of pre-prototype that uh, that showcased kind of this rolling uh, mechanic that they had in there that you know you can move you can move the world side to side and tilt it, and then these kind of ball blobby creatures. For them described as like amniotic sacks of fluid. Yeah, sure. Hey, hey, whatever floats your your boat, I guess. Um, but they ended up being called local rocos, yeah. um, and we'll just use that term for the rest because it's easier that way. And they're, they're, it's used like moose, right? right. Like, it doesn't have a plural, really. right? Like they're like, it's a group of local roco. It's one local roco. Uh, they are and, eight and one <laughs> all at once, exactly. <laughs> Um, so the idea was that these, these loco roca, when you tilt the world, would be able to, uh, move with the physics. Uh, so they made as this... If the gravity is... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, as if there were such a thing as gravity. Uh, <laughs> so then he brought this to his, the management there, and, and they said, okay, we, we understand now what you're talking about. This seems interesting. Let's give you, let's give you, like, a team to actually make a real prototype now. So they doubled their team size to up to eight, uh, a whole whopping eight people, and they uh, they made a real prototype that had all of the rest of the mechanics that would be available in the game, like the the jumping was available, and uh, and then this kind of 
joining and splitting feature. And and we'll get into all these things probably a little bit more specifically when we get into the game proper. But um, if you're a listener of the show, you understand that we're talking history right now. <laughs> um, so so the, the prototype ended up being really well-received as well. And, uh, and then that eight-person team then became a full 16-person team. That's... Watch out, Assassin's Whoa. Creed. <laughs> Throwing some money around now. <laughs> yeah, the 16-person team of Loco Roco's coming for you. Um, so, so they actually, uh, like, that, that other prototype took three months. Uh, so now for the rest of the, this time, the 16-person team spent uh, 11 months uh, finishing up this game uh, that ended up being Loco Roco. So it only took two years to, to like, go from concept to full game that was out for everybody. Uh, and it was released in September of 2006. Um, to critical acclaim, like a lot of a lot of people thought it was a really interesting game. It got all sorts of uh, awards um, for for, game, for like best children's game uh, from like the BAFTAs and. and I think that the, kind of exemplifies what is what a lot of consumers thought wrong with it is that it got best children's game. Definitely, and, and I think the that people wrote it off. As cool as it was, and like it was, sim- the idea was that it was elegant. It wasn't really simplistic. It was just elegant in its design, uh, where you have these L and R buttons that uh, on the PSP that would actually be the tilting world, uh, and and that's what creates the manipulation. You're not doing crazy button combos or or having any like crazy combat. Yeah, three buttons that you use. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's. I mean, just because because it kind of had that simplicity to it, uh, that elegance to it, and then probably the art, uh, which is also very basic in its... Bright colors, bright, clean lines. Yeah, like a, not really pastels, but like just, yeah. Like that's really, not bright, it's faded. R- okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> yes, bright, vivid colors. Vibrant. There you go. Other viewers. <laughs> um, vivacious. Got one. Um... <laughs> So, uh, all this kind of led to the kiddiness uh, factor of the game that, that kind of gave it a bad rap, but it was really just a really interesting game. It got an innovation award as well, uh, and then it won the AP's Associated Press's uh, Handheld Game of the Year uh, for that year that it came out, 2006. I, I think the award actually came out in 2007, because that's how awards work, right? It's like the next year. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, and, and it beat out some pretty impressive uh, company there. Like, Metroid Prime Hunters came out that uh, that year. Okay, Metroid Prime Hunters <laughs> is probably not the best game uh, in that. I, I like it, but uh, maybe it's not uh, the best competition. New Super Mario Brothers, the first sure. one. The very first one when it was actually new and, and <laughs> seemed new. Uh, and, and nobody was completely bored by the concept at this point. Uh, that came out also in 2006. Um, brain age, brain age is what right. took most That's, of the awards. That would be a that just better competition simply for the innovation factor, and right? And like, just it. It had such mainstream appeal and was so easy to understand and difficult to master. And that you're doing, I don't know, like how, how I haven't actually played a brain no. age game. I know there's like times where you have to be doing a math problem that's two problems ahead. Ooh, and you, oh, I don't know. Like um, it has some really interesting mini games in there. Yeah, and it's just it, just the fact that it sold, however, millions of DSs at the time right. was huge, huge system seller. Uh, I think I also have something else that's written down here. What else came out? 
Um, oh, elite beat agents. Right. Uh, so for something more for the semi-hardcore. The, is, the indie. Yeah, yeah, like those people who like the kind of... The hipster gamers. Slightly more obscure games, but that was a good one too. And then, a side note, Mother 3 also came out <laughs> for the GBA. Uh, that was Japan only. Um, so that wasn't really uh, something to consider. But just so you kind of understand the timeline, I actually hadn't remembered when Mother 3 came out. Uh, so to think like, oh, it was... I didn't actually care when Mother 3 came out. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, I, it felt like it had to be such a long time ago because Earthbound came out on the Super Nintendo and the graphics look basically the same. And I know it's on a different platform, but it couldn't have been couldn't have been that recent, right? I mean, the GBA was basically the Super Nintendo portable. At, that's, that's true. Or half of the twice day. That's, that's, that's such a great way to sell that <laughs> system. It is. Hey guys, remember the uh, Super Nintendo? This is basically one you can take. That's what Nintendo's you. been doing with all of their systems <laughs> since Nintendo. Oh, are are you trying to say like the DS is like a Nintendo sixty four? No, I mean, it's I, just, I, it's I know, just like remember I know all these Super Mario sixty four came out for well, it on this then, system too, and then Ocarina of Time three D, and then Star Fox. Okay, I'm starting to understand your point. But. Every <laughs> like, so I don't remember what launched the GBA, but. Uh, the DS launched with Mario 64, yeah. and then the 3DS launched with uh, the Ocarina of Time 3D, another N64 game. Right. They all do ports a lot. I don't think there was a. I don't think there was a Super Nintendo equivalent was on the GBA uh, when it came Super out. Super Mario Advance. When but yeah, out. Super Mario Advance. Uh, but the first one they started with was two, right? That was the NES, right. Super Mario Brothers USA, to Doki Doki Panic, whatever the fuck you want to call it. There's too um, many titles in that game. Wait, yeah. understand what it actually is. But, I mean, yeah, it, it eventually got Super Mario World ports and, and a Yoshi's Island port that was that's, that's the, the best Nintendo slash shit. only real port of Yoshi's Island that's ever been made. Um, but, yeah. All right, I, I see your point. I, I bow to it. <laughs> well said. Um I wonder what, like, a GameCube handheld is going to feel like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, things are going to get real thin. <laughs> Yikes. Well, we're actually about to get it, because we're, we're going to get a... Oh, well, no, that's still 64, Smash Brothers. All right, well, hey. Mm-hmm. We'll get there eventually. When you're, when you're right, you're right. Anyway, uh, back to back to Loco Roco. Uh, so, I don't know, we kind of hit upon all the history here. Um, the... Uh, What's interesting is that, like, it has this simplistic art style. Uh, they, they that was not always the case. They the the designers there considered doing like a claymation kind of thing, maybe even like a papercraft thing. And when you have games coming out, I mean, back claymation's always been something that you've seen in in some games like Oddities. Right. Um, I mean, there was Clay Fighter. If you if you like really terrible Street Fighter, uh, I don't see how claymation could quite work with there games. Was, I think there was a game like called Claymates or something that was like a platformer <laughs> for the. I want to say Super Nintendo, maybe the Genesis. At that point, both. how do you know that it's even clay? <laughs> well, because because you touched balls of clay and then you turned into different animals. Like if you turn if you touch the gray piece of clay, you turn it into, like, this clay rat. Sounds like a Kirby it was, it was, yeah, but not as elegant. Yeah, it not, not a very <laughs> There's good There's a reason I haven't heard of I'm it. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it's called Claymates. You should avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But uh, but the point is, claymation has kind of been done. Uh, Papercraft, you haven't seen a whole lot. I mean, you got not until Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet. Uh, there's a new game Tearaway. Uh, Same for right, yeah. Uh, that's is that Vita. Yep. Yeah. So that's Vita. Um, and then, I mean, you could say something like Kirby's Epic Yarn, where it kind of uses yeah, the felt. Well, Paper Mario. How did we miss that? Uh, that's. I think Paper Mario is a slightly different case, and more that it's just flattened characters, and it's right. not so much that it 2D has a texture in a to 3D it. world, right? Because yeah. it's still like solid colors. It's just not as well. At least the first one was the the yeah. Sticker Star for the 3DS actually has a lot more of those kind of textury things on them. But beside the point. Uh, anyway, so they they thought about all these things, but it ended up that just this kind of more simplistic art style worked better for the game and. And also was cheaper, so that they went with that. You have Sixteen people to do. You don't want to make work too hard. Exactly, exactly. And they and they spent a lot of time working on the music, uh, and that's like, the the two really cool things when you play in Loco Roco. One is just the mechanics of the game, where you're uh, playing through kind of this really. I keep saying the word elegant because that's the best way to describe it. It's you want to move left, you hit the L button and you're tilting the world to the left and you're just using gravity and, and logic in a really elegant way. <laughs> um, so, so there's that aspect, but then the music is really the other big aspect of it, that the that, that Kuno... Uh, no, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, but when he, he... He loved doing music for stuff and he'd, he'd done music... Uh, things for other games and had ideas for for games that he wanted to uh, utilize music with. And thinking that Loco Roco might be his only chance to make a game, he thought, well, I'd I'd better just put in everything I want in one game. Uh, um, And and so Loco Roco actually kind of has this dynamic music setup um, where the different things that you uh, do in the game, you'll, you know, the little Loco Roco things, Concept um, is that the Loco Rocos are singing. Yeah, they, they, they sing songs, and there are six different varieties of Loco Roco that are just mildly di- just racist. different color. <laughs> Couple of them seem a little insensitive. Yes, uh, like there's uh, the, the black and blue ones kind of have pink lips and look a little blackface, but Japan's a different country. <laughs> it's one way to justify it. Not to it's, mention that the Japanese ones are yellow. So yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go. They're racist to themselves. Yeah. And the uh, the pink ones are French. Yeah, I don't know if that means anything. Does it? French feminine. Yeah. Feminine. Okay. It is a it's a woman's voice that sings for those though. Well, then that makes sense. <laughs> then uh, it's like it's like orange, it's sort of like orangish for. Uh, yeah, there's or, like an no, orange, like a dark red, red for. Yeah. Uh, Hispanic of some sort. Yeah, it could be Spanish or that has like a South weird, American. It has like a weird mouth on it that just is oh, yeah. kind of in this like constant like, I don't know, I, I don't know that kind of face. Yeah. So I like the Hispanic uh, voice in the songs. That mm-hmm. I, my favorite one ended up being the green one that you get at the very end yeah. uh, just because it looked very much like Bert. They're just little blobs but they have like the little three things of hair on the top of their heads and then they just have like this Big nose, just like Bert from Sesame yeah. Street. And it's like, if you were just yellow, you'd be the spitting image of Bert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were all they were all really fun. Uh, but all the only difference is the aesthetics. Um, it doesn't change like how high they can bounce or how fast they roll or any of that yeah. kind of stuff. 
Um, but uh, I was going somewhere with that. Maybe. You have to cut that out. Oh, the, the, no, the, the music stuff. The music yeah. stuff. Um, so the, the idea is that they would each have their different songs that they sang, um, that when you reach different parts of the levels, uh, there would be times where you needed to have a minimum amount of Loco Roco, um, and, and you gained Loco Roco by finding these, um, I think they call them berries in the game. Yeah, they're, they don't they, they look like anything special. Flowers or tulips or something like that. But they just gain you another Loco Roco for kind of this party that you're building up. And then you're able to join or separate them into into different shapes um, or different amounts um, that will allow you to... The owls are the ones that carry yeah, yeah. different shapes. Owls. Fucking owls. Um, but yeah, you'd, you'd be able to use the different amounts of Loco Roco, which varied in size, uh, to get through different parts of the level. So sometimes only the really tiny, single Loco Rocos would be able to get through this one tight, narrow passage, where at other times you'd want, like, more of the stability and control that you'd get from joining them all into one larger blob. It's just it's just easier when they're all in one blob. Right, yeah. Um, when they do, it seems like they move at a glacial pace when you got, like, 19 Loco Roco together. Yeah. Um, but, but in, like, other than the music that they would sing, the different songs, there would also be some dynamic music in there in that, uh, when you, when you reach those, uh, these kind of different creatures that, uh, you just encounter in the world, um, like a sun or a moon with, like, a face on it or, or like, uh, like a cloud or, um, even, like, weird platform things that just look like they had googly eyes stuck on them. Uh, and then there are also these anthro- anthropomorphic kind of human-like mooey mooey they were called that are uh, just like tiny little people. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, though. It's, it's so... Like, the story of this game doesn't matter at all, but they no. try to include so much story. Like they're, I don't think they do. I think they just like... Like, what do you care what it is? It's a mooey mooey. It's, yeah. They made up words to fit whatever. And, and maybe it's just because, like, looking up actual terms for these yeah, things. Yeah, Wikipedia or anything, yeah. you get some fanfic. Right. The, the Moja uh, are attacking the planet. The Moja are the enemies, uh, the antagonists, if you will. Uh, and they are uh, black, and they look like they kind of have uh, some some kind of... Rasta, Rasta-looking hair with some dreads. Yeah, and they, yeah, they very much look like they're just blackface. Yeah, it's too <laughs> bad. And they're the enemies. Well done, Japan. Anyway, um, but they're they're attacking the planet and sucking its life force, and the the Loco Roco apparently don't know anything, and they're just happy-go-lucky. But then the planet is manipulating them to kind of do the planet's. To, to save the planet. Um, so really, it's the planet just helping itself. Um, I think it's trying to save the Loco Roco. That's what I did. Okay, sure. <laughs> if, if that's what you want to add, sure, yeah. No, we can get all philosophical and say who's actually saving who. Um, but then there are also these movie movie that are like friends of the Loco Roco, but they don't do shit, except they give you house parts. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> worthless. Yeah. Uh, but they, they just end up being another kind of collectible in the game, where how many of these guys did you find hidden in the levels? Uh, it, it really, when it comes down to it, it's a simplistic uh, platforming kind of game. It's just the, the difference is you aren't controlling um, 
like the local Roka themselves, you're controlling the world around them. So there's a little bit of like a Marvel Madness idea to it uh, in that you're yeah. like trying to use the physics. You and, can understand that in a 2D sense. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a 2D Marvel Madness. You're not controlling the Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, sure. If you ever played like that wooden labyrinth game. Right. It's very much like that. <laughs> Uh, or Rolando. <laughs> well, we'll get to Rolando a little bit later. Um, so, like, what what other, like, what things do you like about Loco Roco? Like, what, I was thinking about, like, the levels that I liked. Because you have these, you have five worlds of eight levels each. Um, my quick math says that is... Forty. Forty. Yes. I had it written down, I was looking at it, and I was like, no, I can just do this now. And that was too late. <laughs> now I seem dumb. Anyway, but you have these 40 levels, uh, and many of them... You have eight levels in right, right. Four var- or five variations of each one, essentially. Right, but it's it's kind of weird because the they're not set up in, like, a Mario sense. It's not like you're going to... You're now at the ice world and all the levels you're playing right. are ice levels. Each world Has. feels like it's a separate planet, and maybe that's just not something they get a get across with the quote-unquote story. Um, they, yes, they do. And once you beat the one world... Right. It, I don't know what... I, th- I think it's the local rope or something. Like, it's, it floats off to another planet. Uh, the, like, the Moja are floating around the planet, and then there's... And they go away. Like, big flowers and a big tree <laughs> pops up on Fire top of the planet, which is, like, ridiculously disproportionate to the size of what anything else on that planet should be. Uh, and then, yeah, the Mojo kind of fly away, but, I mean, they, they do say, they do say worlds, like, they're different worlds, but you never see, I, I haven't seen Loco Roco capable of space travel. Just, I'm pretty sure every world in this universe has Loco Roco. Maybe. And those damn Mojo need to get to every one of them. <laughs> that, that possibly, that could be. Um, so, you've got... You've got these these different worlds here, and each world has its own, like, this is the ice level, this is the kind of silhouette level, this is the one where you're... My favorite ones ended up being the ones where you're eaten by some Oh, yeah, some giant creature. creatures that yeah. they say beforehand. Right. Like, you're, there's a tree level in those kind of things. But, so were any of those types of levels, like, which one were you... Like, oh, hey, it's this one now. I get the to, snow get, level. The always. snow ones. Those, those were the ones where you got the biggest sense of speed. Yeah, and I also like the music in, in them the best. Um, obviously, be, it's annoying when they do have the, like, the pillows in that one that slow yeah. down, right? And you have to like just keep on hopping through them. But whereas, like, whereas most of the game feels like a kind of whacked out Mario. Uh, in a way where it's yeah. like you're 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 still making jumps, uh, just in a odd way that is very un Mario like. But it's still it's basic platforming. Right. Uh, the snow levels take on a very like Sonic the Hedgehog kind of feel, where it's like now it's more about a sense of speed. You're doing loop to loops, yep. big jumps, uh, and and that's interesting in its own way. And and that that is a good one. Those those are probably my second favorite levels uh, because my first are are the the ones where a giant animal eats you. Right. Because um, you'll, I, they are not anatomically correct <laughs> at all, but, but they're hilarious. <laughs> they are they are interesting, and they do try to give you like little touches that you're actually yeah. like in this creature's esophagus. And uh, the way they made this game, they actually used 
uh, math and, and Bezier curves uh, well, they, because the PSP is capable of that right. and like other handhelds were not. Um, but they were actually able to use this kind of math to, to make these kind of vector images where it, it really looks clean and smooth when you're doing everything in this game. There's nothing that looks kind of like pixelated or rastery or any of that. Right. Uh, so when you're it, it, it's, you're able to really see it in those levels where you can kind of see your loco roco go down this really small chute that would be like an esophagus. Oh yeah, and it, like it squishes, squishes, and and kind of like opens up the the esophagus as it comes down. Um, so those those are just really interesting in the way those those levels feel like they have much more of a life to them than some of the other ones where it's just I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they are animals, but yeah. but it's not just like I am on this ice that doesn't really move. Like there are parts where there are like those snow kind of pillows or like right. dunes of snow that you yeah. Almost like all of the on. the ones where you're inside the creature, the walls have some sort of give to them, right? And you'll find like a uvula somewhere that you can bounce <laughs> on. And, um, so those those just always seemed interesting. Uh, and you'll like I'm trying to think of some of the animals that you get into. I, I think there's a bird. There's definitely a penguin that you... A frog. Uh, fro- yeah, a frog's the first one. Maybe like a turtle or something. And then the final the final level of the game, spoiler, uh, is like the giant moja. And you get eaten by the moja, and then you destroy him from the inside um, in like a final boss fight that is... It's not really a final boss fight, and it's not really that hard, but it's just a little extra challenging when it doesn't have to be. Like you, you have to make kind of a precise jump that's not... This this game's strong suit is not precise jumps. No. It is doing silly things casually and yeah. getting to the end and being like, Finding yes. the secrets. I think the, the biggest like motif of all the levels is finding the secret hidden place. Definitely. And when we talked before, before we started recording, I likened it a lot to a game like Yoshi's Island where uh, you you get through the level, and then at the end it says there are so many different little secret things to find. So in the, a game like Yoshi's Island, it's like how many seconds did you have with, I, they call them stars, but it's like how many seconds of baby Mario crying did you end up with at the end? Uh, how many red coins did you find? How many flowers did you find? And for Loco Roco, it says like how many of these um, like little pink and orange fly things, they're called pickeries. That's the difference of looking up all your information online and just playing the game. <laughs> yes, yeah, I never saw the word pickeries in the game, but that's just kind of, you know, what what you find out, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, but those pickeries that you find, that, that end up being like a currency in the game for many games that, that you can play. Um, so how many of those you find, how many of, how many of local Roka you end up with, you can only have a maximum of 20. I don't know if 20 is... I, I think you could maybe be able to get more than 20 in some levels, couldn't you? I don't think so. Like, now, you wouldn't actually be able to have more than 20 in your local Roka, but maybe there'd be Look, cause if I, more space. If I got 20, I'd kind of stop looking. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably wrong. Uh, when I first just, got the game, I'd, I'd just restart if I lost a single local Roka. That's hardcore. Well, I wanted to say that because that was a very, very charitable and kind world, unlike you, apparently. I thought to save himself. Yeah, I kind of blasted through it. Um, part of it was because uh, I, I played most of the game before, uh, but then wanted to kind of play it fresh before this podcast, so right. I just 
rushed through it and, and didn't really care about many of the secrets. Um, but it, I still got a lot of the sense. Uh, I like the way the secrets, uh, the hidden areas are mostly hidden. If you're, if you have a keen eye and you know what you look for. You could, there's tropes to each one. Right. Um, like if you both. see, if you see like this long, thin, flat surface, it's probably something that you can jump on three times and break through. Right. Or, or most of the curves, like most of the edges in the game are very uh, well-rounded and curved. Right. So if you see something that's cracked a little bit or, or slightly off, indent, right? Uh, like for if you just if you need to put like if you need to break apart your loco roco and stream them through one by one, there'll be a small curve in the corner of a hill or something, right? And and those are I mean that's that kind of makes it. A game where hardcore gamers can get something more out of it, that, that you have that kind of gaming knowledge of knowing what to look for. Although some of the uh, the berries that you can find, that you need to, like, touch the place where they're going to grow first, and then they'll start to grow. Right. Some of them are just completely hidden, like you can't see them at all. Yeah. And I think that's fun in a way, but frustrating now. Yeah, fun, of, fun, but a little fun BS. When I was in fun high when you find one. <laughs> BS when you didn't find one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, like, the I, there aren't a whole lot of predators to the Loco Roco in the game. There are very few uh, enemies of any kind you'll find, but uh, there will occasionally be the mojas that can float around, and they will uh, grab and pick suck off. Suck a Loco Roco out of the larger body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll extract a yeah. single Loco Roco. And, um, they can kind of, like... I don't know. I don't, never feels like tactful, but they can be tactful in the fact that, like, obviously you can't jump until you hit the ground again. Mm-hmm. So there's no double jumping in this game because you're not touching the ground, and they'll come right when, right before you land and start sucking on your loco rocos. <laughs> sounds terrible. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and then you, they might get one before you jump, be, are able to jump again and kill them. Right. Um, but yeah, all, all the mojas, uh, except for the, like the really big ones, will only take one jump to kill, mm-hmm. and and they're really not that big of a bother. Um, but if they do get one, the game still allows you a little bit of time to grab that one back. If you right. can hop up and kill that moja, uh, you'll get your little loco roco buddy back. Um, there are also like little. Spikes. Yeah, um, those are actually the harder. Those will kill your loco. Those roco are so the much worst. <laughs> yeah, like that's your little ghost loco roco that bounces off after you hit it. Goes way faster than your yeah gigantic blob of loco roco. It's it's really hard to get the the right angle on it so you can kind of like absorb that guy back into into your main force. Um, those yeah, those are those are tough situations, and I think you lose two at a time. Maybe, maybe it's one or two at a time. Could it be may, a percentage. Yeah, it might depend on how many you have. Um, but I, I only got a game over once in this game. Uh, really? throughout, throughout the whole time, <laughs> and it was just because I got stuck on a spike place, and it just kept bouncing me right oh, into it. And yeah. it it does not give you any sort of invincibility after you've been hurt. No. So it just yeah you know, keeps ticking yeah. them down, keeps ticking them down. And I, At I, the end of the day, you can't yeah. really complain about that because yeah. it's only once. Yeah, it was <laughs> once during the entire forty levels. So I I really can't say this game is hard, but like that was 
when you're playing through 40 levels and you're just kind of breezing through it and having a fun time, when you finally do get a game over screen, you think, wait, wait, this this has a game over screen? That's impossible. That seems wrong. Um, But then there are also some more interesting enemies. There's like a... I don't know what to call it. It's kind of like a frog or like a lizard or something that... Are you talking about like the the white thing that digs in the ground? Yeah. It's like a mole, I guess would be like a white mole. (laughs) A a white mole with like some razor sharp teeth and some yellow eyes and doesn't look like any mole I've ever seen. (laughs) But yeah, he he digs in the ground and he'll grab one of your Locorocos and you can, uh, if you bounce on his head, again, it gives you time before uh, they're gone. But But he's quicker. Yeah, he'll sneak down into his hole and then just eat your Locoroco that way. Um, I guess that's the only one. I think so. But uh, then there are also, like, other more friendly uh, characters uh, that you'll find. Like, there's one that's, uh, there's there's one, I think they're called, like, a Chupa? This is this is from the minigame. Uh, okay. So I, I, this one does have a name. <laughs> uh, it's, I think it's called a Chupa. It looks like a, kind of like an anteater on two legs. And it just has, like, this long snout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it will, if you bounce on it, oh, it will, yeah, it will sucks, like yeah. suck you in and then you can use it, uh, as like almost like a, it's like it, it bubble bobble kind of thing where it's like, yeah, yeah you can just or wait can, for the angle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait for the angle and then just, uh, rocket yourself, um, to a different area. That one is actually fun fact based on a tropical fish owned by designer, uh, Yeah. No, I, I, it's getting worse when I try to say his name now. <laughs> By the designer. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, if you want to know his name, look back at the beginning of this episode. Uh, or look Google at... Google uh, Yeah. Uh, or use Wikipedia, like I did. <laughs> um, but uh, it's... It just you'll, you'll find some other little creatures in there that are, that are fun. It's just... It's one of those games that is just fun to play. And it's not something that has a whole lot of challenge... Uh, we were talking, again, before the podcast, uh, that you like uh, Harvest Moon, the Harvest yeah. Moon series. And I think Loco Roco fills very much the same kind of niche of, this is just a game that you can sit down, relax, yeah. and play a little bit. Uh, the levels are relatively short, um, but you're it's on a handheld platform, so it's something that you take on a bus and you can play one or two levels. Uh, and... The mechanics kind of stop becoming new after the first world. Yeah, like <laughs> it doesn't introduce anything more to you after that first world. Um, but that's okay because it, it doesn't. You don't need anything more from the game. You don't need it to get more complicated. You just relax and play yeah. a little bit. Uh, Loco Roco ended up having a few sequels, kind of. Uh, there was an official one, Loco Roco 2, uh, that came out in 2009, um, in February of 2009. And it was, uh, oh, like I, I didn't play it. Taylor, you didn't play it either. Um, I've heard it's very much like the original Loco Roco. Um, more mojas come back. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so you got to deal with that. Um, and I think they have, like, a new color that doesn't do anything special. <laughs> um... And then they also made a, uh, a PSN downloadable um, extra. I, I don't even know if it's really a full game, but it's a it's Loco Roco Midnight Carnival. Uh, this this downloadable thing for PSP, 
uh, and PS Vita now if you if you want to get it through the PSN store. Um, it came out in October of 2009, and it was a Halloween-themed um, pack of levels. Um, but it's not DLC. It's just it's a standalone game. You can mm-hmm. you can buy it and play it. Um, but that's its own thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there was also a mobile game uh, that was called Loco Roco Mobile that came out oh, in, yeah. in Japan. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I think it got ported to some American cell phones at one time. And it was called, like, Loco Roco High. Um, and, yeah. Mobile I, games before Android. <laughs> yeah, so, like, exactly. The Wild West. Right? Oh, man. I mean, there's Snake. And there are games that are not Snake, <laughs> yeah. uh, that no one knows about. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's... I've never seen anything about Loco Roco High. I doubt it's very good. But uh, And then also, the PS3 didn't really get a sequel, because it's not really a game. But there's like a Loco Roco, as Sony describes it, an interactive screensaver. <laughs> uh, I forgot what it's called. It, it's got like a weird last name to it. It's like Loco Roco. Uh, Chorocho. They, they put H's in it. Which y- makes yeah, it a it's lot like harder. Rocho Meto or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I, you don't even tilt the world in that. I, I, I don't know. It just it's that's not a thing you should spend money on. Um, but you should definitely look into the first Loco Roco. It's a it's a great game. Um, What's interesting to me is that it's the most expensive one. I think that's <laughs> the opposite of interesting. It's <laughs> expected. Maybe, maybe. Uh, the first Loco Roco costs 15 bucks on the PSN store right now. Uh, you can find it for a little cheaper if you want the physical UMD disc, which you, do, you, don't. you don't. You don't want I that. I mean, you might have a PSP, <laughs> in which case it's probably pirated, in which case you could... Yeah. Pirate Loco Roco. Sure. Either way, the developer benefits the same from your use. Right. Yeah. As you steal it. Um, but, yeah, getting it on the Vita would be a pretty cool idea. Uh, 15 bucks there on the PSN store. Loco Roco 2 and Loco Roco Midnight Carnival are both just $6. So, I mean, if you want to dip your toe in, maybe just start with the second one. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. It, yeah, it, it, it's more or less the same. Maybe they throw in like some extra mechanics that are unnecessary. I don't know. I, I should I should play Loco Roco two at some point. Um, once I've thought, I've gotten enough. Yeah, it's like I've played forty levels of Loco Roco in the past like week and a half. So I'm probably good for a little <laughs> while. But you know, if I ever come back and think, yeah. I'll, it's some definitely a game, game that's nice to have, especially if you're playing something a bit more stressful uh, on any other systems, uh, and you need to relax. Right. And, and the basic controls make it so much easier to come back to, like whenever yeah. you want to. Like I, I, tr- I played Patapon. I liked, I loved Patapon, <laughs> and then I went, I left it uh, for a little while and went to go play something else. And I came back, and I don't remember any of the attack patterns of the. Pon pon pat upon or pat a pat a pat upon or pat a pon pon pon. I don't know if I can. I, I, I don't know if I'll attack enemies or if I defend myself. I don't know how any of that shit works. So pat upon just kind of ended up being a game that I couldn't get back into, uh, and that that would not be the case for a game like Loco Roco. Um, since Taylor hasn't really played much of Rolando, I guess this is kind of where I jump in and talk. A lot more, which seems like just what I've been doing for the whole podcast anyway, uh, because that is my nature. 
Um, but but being that you also don't have an iPhone, um, you wouldn't have played Rolando. Uh, so Rolando was a game that was made in 2008 uh, by Inji Moko uh, for the iPhone and, and iPod Touch. And I mean, you can play it on an iPad, but I don't think they've upscaled it for iPads at all. There, I don't know if there's an HD version. Maybe there is. Who knows? Um, and it plays. Somewhat similarly to Loco Roco, um, the idea is I, I wrote down more or less what are the differences because uh, it's it's easier to spot the differences than the similarities. Um, so in Rolando, you're actually using the accelerometer from the iPhone or, or iPod Touch to to move um, your little Rolando critters. That also, in the same way of moose, is. It is just one thing. Yeah. Uh, it's a group of Rolando, or it, I, I maybe you say Rolando. I don't. Rolando care. sounds it doesn't marginally matter. Spanish, and Loco Roco <laughs> sounds very Spanish. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of similarities that seem uh, that uh, flim flammy. Uh, it seems like such a ripoff at some point. Good old game loft almost. <laughs> um, and kind of had some some kind of ripoffy games uh, in their time. Uh, but Rolando, at least at the time, seemed somewhat original, especially if you hadn't played Loco Roco. It seemed very original. <laughs> um, so you, Super Mario's probably thought really original. <laughs> never played a Mario game. Yeah, probably. Uh, so you're, you're actually using the accelerometer, and it feels much more intuitive. Um, I, I, it's. Did they have the jump feature? You, no, it, that, uh, it seems so easy. It, it would. You actually have to swipe up on the screen to do a jump. Oh. Which I guess I'd rather that than you, you'd look slightly less stupid on like yeah. a train or a bus <laughs> doing that. But yeah, it, you're still gonna look dumb. Anyway, uh, even though it feels more intuitive in that you're actually really physically moving the thing, and in fact that's something. Uh, when I first played Loco Roco at like a Circuit City when I was really young, and it was like on one of those demo stations. Um, to do. Yeah, it's like you're tilting the screen, like, oh, I need you to go just a little bit faster than one way, get some more inertia, and it just wouldn't do it. Uh, I'm sure, as young as I was, I probably wasn't saying the word inertia, <laughs> um, but uh, or momentum or any of that kind of stuff. You would have been what sixteen? Okay, maybe I would have said inertia. Well, maybe velocity. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, but but you'll actually get that with uh, with Rolando that the uh, the more you tilt it you'll you'll get Could a little you, bit faster. Like, so you tilt it completely ninety degrees and it just like fall. No, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't go that far. Like local like local you can't completely flip right. the world. Um, but you could definitely turn it faster than with local Roku. Right. There there were actually some very specific levels where you could completely rotate. There there were bonus mm-hmm. levels. Uh, and those are kind of interesting. Uh, they felt kind of like um, if you've like the the first Sonic the Hedgehog's bonus yeah. stages. <laughs> it felt very much like, that's the way you'd want to play that. Where it's like I control the gravity now, and I'll hit you into the things. And it's uh, that was yeah. Those those are cool. Those those can be interesting. But um, yeah, it, it plays much more like um, Loco Roco in that it has a set amount that you can tilt it mm-hmm. one way or another, but. Um, it still has a little bit of um, specificity that if you tilt it just a little little bit, he'll slightly roll. And if you tilt it a lot, he'll roll a little faster. Um, there's no there's no joining or splitting mechanic like there is in Loco Roco. Um, the different little Rolando guys are just there. Um, you can select them, 
in a in a very RTS draw a box around them sort of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, for as intuitive, so, 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 would you go in like a diagonal and make the box? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. But like for as intuitive as the as like the regular play controls are to select characters like that seems really off putting and weird. Um, but that's I mean, the ones that you didn't select wouldn't move, which right. could be helpful um, because you can't combine them all into a single bean like you can in Local Roco. That's much easier to control. Uh, if you're trying to move like more than you one two or laggers, two, you want, yeah, exactly. Because um, there are still kind of precise jumps that you need to do. There are little trampolines uh, that you'll need to jump on that will boost you higher and, and somewhere else. And uh, that game can kind of be a pain in the ass sometimes, where you have like one bouncing up on that, but one still like bouncing into this staircase that's not working out for it. Um, it would have been nice if they were able to join together, but if they could, I would say it's definitely Love Corrupt yeah. at that point. This is like the this is the big uh, defining split between Rolando and Locoroco is that you can't actually combine them, uh, and that's my biggest gripe. Um, <laughs> it really should just be Locoroco. It, it could be like why just you make Locoroco for the uh, for the iPhone and you're done yeah. and. You do. But I, I don't think Sony would want to do that. Uh, but the different types of Rolandos, uh, there actually are different types of Rolandos that have different mechanics. So unlike Loco Roco, where it's just a different color and a different song, in uh, in Rolando, there's like a, they, they think they call them like a elite commando Rolando, which is so dumb because they're just as kitty and, and bright colors as Loco Roco uh, with their big googly eyes. Uh, but this one's called like an elite commando, Putting and he's in, just like, like military terms to very civilian items, <laughs> right? And he's just like a little—he's uh, not even spiky because they're rounded off. He looks right. like like just like a little extra little amoeba thing. Uh, but he can stick to walls and ceilings, so you can kind of use him to traverse more of the world, something. find the buttons, and then let your regular round gravity yeah. uh, using Rolando's. Uh, do the rest of what they need to do. Uh, and then there are also, like, um, Royal Rolando, which are, like, there's a prince and a king, yeah. at least, and they don't, they don't move, they don't move with your functions. Like, you can't choose to move them at any time. Okay. You have to have your other Rolando move them physically. So, there are some levels that turn into escort missions, yeah. which are also unfun. <laughs> The basic point is that Loco Roco has a much better game than Rolando. Um, if you only have an iPhone and you don't have a PSP or a Vita, uh, I'd, I'd still try Rolando. They they have a they have Rolando, and then they made a sequel, Rolando Two, uh, which is oh, it's got a stupid extra name on it, um, which I don't think I have anywhere on here um, because it's really dumb. It's it's something like in the quest for the golden orchid or, or something to that effect. Um, uh, but that one looks like it has more of a story, which isn't necessarily a good thing. But it, it feels like it also uh, tries to define some more mechanics that make it different than, more different than Loco Roco. But uh, still basically the same. They're both 99 cents on the iTunes store. Uh, if you were like me and bought this game in 2008, you spent $6 on it, which 
<laughs> Seems a little expensive now for I an mean, iPhone how game. Much is, uh, what's it called? The Sword and Sorcery? No, the swiping game by Epic. Uh, oh, Infinity Blade. Yeah, Infinity Blade. Uh, yeah, it's like what you get out of a game like Infinity Blade and what you get out of something like Rolando, or yeah, like Rolando, are seem like worlds apart, uh, and and they are. <laughs> um, I guess if you look at it one way, it's kind of like uh, the difference between uh, Perfect Dark Zero and Call of Duty Modern Warfare sure. Two. Absolutely, yeah, they came out on the same platform. They cost roughly the same at the times. Uh, they are not the same game. Um, I'm not saying Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is a good game in terms of creativeness or... Sure, fun. but it it's is leaps and bounds technically yeah. superior to a game like Perfect Dark Zero. And, and that's the case here, too. And, and at this point um, in time, in 2008, you really just had two types of iPhone games. One was... like really shitty five-minute time wasters, and then the other one was really, really <laughs> shitty five-minute time wasters. Broken time wasters. Like, just, are you, not even five minutes, like yeah. 12 seconds. Like, I, I have a game still on my uh, still on my iPod Touch. To like right, yeah. And I'd say even Angry Birds is more oh, or less yeah, just like just a time waster. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But but now we have games like, like uh, Infinity Blade, games like Sword and Sorcery uh, that that do a little bit more with that platform. But at this point, none of that was even a, a dream that people had. So when Rolando came out, it was uh, just, it, it was so much more than any other game was. And, and NG Moco ended up doing a lot, uh, getting a lot of good press because they, you know, went that extra step. Mm-hmm. Sorry, went that extra step for, for an iPhone development. They, they made another game called Word Foo, uh, which was kind of like this karate-themed Yahtzee word game, uh, which is fun. Uh, it's not too bad. Um, and it, it feels like it has a little extra oomph over um, just like a fine... Like here's a crossword puzzle that you can play on your iPhone, or yeah. here's a word search. Like it, it, was, it was more than that. Uh, they also had another game called Topple that used uh, some, some very... Decent physics. It was it was like playing reverse Jenga. You were building up using these okay. different kind of Tetrisy looking pieces. Yeah, it, I mean it's very simplistic, um, but you just kept, kept trying to make this huge tower. Mm-hmm. But then eventually you'd get pieces that just wouldn't. Fuck you over. <laughs> yeah, they, they would absolutely make you unbalanced, and it would all fall. Um, and you just saw how high you could get. But um, so, so these games were interesting, and, and at at one point in 2008, like Moco was the king of iPhone games, and now I think they got bought by somebody in Europe, and they don't really make anything anymore. I, I think they had one like multiplayer kind of shooter game that was for iPhones. That was like a it was like an online multiplayer shooter. Really? And those servers Something are now gone, and no, you, know, you won't because the servers are down, and you can't download it anymore. Uh, I forgot even what it was called, but uh, yeah, they are just they're in they're nothing in in the iPhone space like anymore. Most iPhone, well, yeah, uh, developers. That's crazy. That five years ago, that that was they were the kings, and now they're nothing. Um, but that's just kind of what happens. Robert Downey Jr. Five years before Iron Man was. Terrible. <laughs> Still is, in my opinion. Well, I mean, yes, but 
he was like a complete drunk who was on drugs who was probably going to oh, okay. be found in a gutter someday, and now he's Iron Man, uh, which which you don't care about, but still he has cleaned his act up and has become uh, a very the idiot's Batman, <laughs> complete Neanderthal of Batman. I'd I'd argue with you, but. It's somewhat indefensible. <laughs> you are you are right, and yet I still like Iron Man. Anyway, um, I think. I, is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of Loco Roco or or Rolando? Well, those owls for one. Okay, yeah. When you get turned into a freaking stick. Yeah, the, talk about like it'll turn you into frustrating like cubes or, or yeah. Those that was probably the least fun I had <laughs> is when they. Gave you challenges, challenges, small challenges, mm-hmm. like very completely optional. Right, but there was to, like, a small little space where you needed to make sure you got up, like on your on the thing that gave you the highest vertical, and then mm-hmm. jump from there. But it was so hard to get vertical. Right. And knowing me, like anytime I see, it, it's like, well, I got to do gotta, that yeah, now. Yeah, you got it. And then that. I spend twenty minutes trying to do it. <laughs> Yeah, that happened a few times. And then I get my stupid house part and, like, I even, I don't even even go into this fucking house. Right, yeah, we we didn't talk about the local house at all. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, there there are two mini-games that are available with the game uh, that you can play at any time. Uh, One is uh, kind of a, is this kind of called, like, Chupa Shot or something like Mm -hmm. that, which uses those tropical fish-looking snap guys uh, and... They don't play like they do in the main game. You actually have to like hold up as uh, the amount of pressure that you want them to shoot with, and it's more like just a small little puzzle. And if you get through all of it, you get um, you, you get a house piece. Uh, we've talked about house parts uh, a lot, and we'll get more into house parts when we get into the house itself. And then the other mini game uh, is a crane game. It's oh yeah, just a crane game. <laughs> Pretty simple. I, I, I think it's called like Mui Crane or Mui Mui Crane. You are you're like one of the little blue Mui Mui things. The mini games really feel like back of the box. They are completely like, fillers. Yeah, um, they are not interesting whatsoever. Uh, but you can get extra house pieces there, or uh, or other loco roco that can then be used in your loco house. And the loco house. As much as it also is just like another cheap, dumb kind of mini game, it's at least deeper than it's got a what lot they of actually potential. call it. Yeah, it definitely has potential, and it has some deeper mechanics. Uh, and they don't, and I think because of that, they don't call it a mini game. They call it its own separate thing, uh, where you go around and you're finding these house pieces uh, in in levels or in these mini games, and. These pieces, uh, which are just like little little parts that you'd find in levels, like here's a platform with a little grass on it. Here's um, here are the letters. Like they have A to Z in letters that look like the Loco Roco font that you'll see at the title screen. Um, and then like, there are other like little set piece things. Like here's I don't know, like a little seesaw thing that you might encounter in the game. Uh, and then other uh, like environmental effects too. Um, right. In the in the game, you'll find like water spouts or gusts of wind that will send your your local local guys into um, predetermined paths, and and you can get some of those things here where you can make them kind of go on their own path. So the idea is that it's really just like a playground. 
Yeah. Um, and it has like an extra mini game in it in that the house itself will also have house parts yeah. that you can collect, which seems redundant. Yes, very, very much so. Um, so you're actually using this playground to get more house parts to continue playing in the playground. Um, I guess there are only a certain amount that you can get out of the local house itself. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I have like five or six copies of all of those and yeah. then one copy of pretty much everything else. Um, cause it's, it's not very hard, but it is kind of fun and a little distraction. And I think that's where they kind of dropped the ball is that they could have made the house one a lot bigger or even just, it gets bigger after each house part that you get. Right. And also instead of getting house parts, you get something, I don't know. Really anything else, and I think it would have been. It would be interesting it. because you can't even tilt the world in the local house. So, and I think that's can't. kind of the the fun of it is that well, you can't tilt the world, but you can control everything else in it. Right. So you should like use this phys- use the same physics to sort of maneuver the locos in a different way. Sure, and, and there are house parts that will um, like give them AI behaviors that. Maybe this, it's like a vine that has like an arrow pointing to one right. side, and the loco roco will actually um, hop itself over. Right, yeah, it'll, it'll see the arrow and, and follow the arrow. Um, or you can just use the burst of wind to just force them to go into places. Um, but it, it is cool, and it's a very, it's, I wish that it was more like kind of a hamster uh playground thing where I'm putting on parts and I, I would want to see them really interact and, and jump they, around. They want to play with them. Right, but it like, almost like a little Tamagotchi kind of thing. Yeah. But they they just, they don't really do a whole lot. It's it's more simplistic than it's probably made out to be. Uh, there's also a third it's under mini games, and I, I guess it's, but it, it's locked when you first play. It's locked even after you beat the game, so I'm, I'm not 100% sure what it takes to unlock it. Uh, but I, I've been told that it is a, like a, a crude course editor where it'll give you like a start and a finish and you use house parts and I think you can tilt the world in that, um, but you're actually using the house parts to get from one end of the level to the other. And that seems interesting and... Something they should give to every player. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, maybe maybe the house parts would have a lot more value for one. Definitely, yeah. Maybe it's something that's addressed in Local Record too. Maybe. We don't know. Could be. That would be an interesting. If 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 you told me that that happened in Local Record too, where there was like a a semi real level editor, I'd be like, all right, I'll play that game. Um, but until you do, I probably am not going to play Local Record two for for a long time. <laughs> Um, I think this game definitely makes the case of why uh, achievements are a good thing in games because it's, it's obviously it's fun to play around in the house, but you want a goal, right? And so if you did have, if you did make an achievement related to the house parts in some way, then I certainly would be more inclined to you know, try to achieve that exactly beyond the game. They, like they do definitely run out of like, incentive to give yeah. you. And then you just kind of have to make your own fun, which which you can do, but it'd be nice if they, they gave you more of a reason to, to go around and keep playing with it. Um, but that's Logo Roco. Mm-hmm. So if you have an extra 15 bucks to spare, 
uh, that that's a game that's totally worth it for you. Uh, you can definitely like get it for your Vita if you don't have it. Um, it used to be that there aren't any games to play in the Vita, but yeah, I mean, now, now. that's definitely changing uh, with games like um, Soul Sacrifice and I mean uh, there was Persona, Persona Four Golden and. Um, Guacamelee's. Yeah, Guacamelee is really cool. Guacamelee will might get its own show. I, I haven't really? determined. I haven't determined whether I count that yet. I mean, I think you should base it on the hours, not the dollars spent. The no, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's it's the platforms. Like when I'm when I'm doing episodes of Gamers on the Go, I need to determine like whether something's actually a handheld game. And Guacamelee. Oh, because of the crossfire. Well, yeah, it's both. Like it, it's. Technically, kind of a PS3 game. I I might you cheat. also when you started you didn't want to do ports. Right, I don't want to do ports at all. So you'll never see me talk about um, like like Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three for the Vita, yeah. uh, which I own, which I like because I just like that and game. I guess you wouldn't talk about Persona either. Yeah, like Persona Persona Four Golden would would never be something I would talk about on this because. It just doesn't quite count. It doesn't. It doesn't fill the spirit of this kind of a, a sure. podcast. Guacamelee probably does. Uh, I, I can probably justify it in my mind, and there there are other games that I can justify as well. But um, it's yeah, you're, you're not going to see Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time 3D because uh, <laughs> that's God. that's just not going to happen. Um, there are there are plenty of good handheld Zelda games. Uh, that I haven't talked about yet. Right. We, we've already talked about Oracle of Ages and Seasons. Um, There's one with the where you actually draw the boomerang. Is that all of them on the DS? Yeah, the the two uh, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. I'm I'm pretty sure like you draw paths for that. I I haven't really played them you that much. Tracks where they had you move Zelda with the stylus. Yes, it seems completely obtuse. Yeah, and not Zelda. Right, it's not Zelda. It's like a <laughs> like sorry, sorry. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that that happens in both of them, uh, and it's it's like a very Animal Crossing wild world. I think that's the first game that really started doing that, mm-hmm. where you touch the screen with the stylus, and your character just keeps moving to where that was. You can also use the D pad though for oh, most okay. of these games, which I oh, prefer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, Guacamelee is cool. You should definitely get Guacamelee too. It's actually probably a better it's fifteen dollars as well. It's probably a better use for fifteen dollars, <laughs> especially. <laughs> Uh, definitely a more uh, relevant use of your dollars uh, than Loco Roco. But hey, Loco Roco is cool. You should you should definitely play it. Uh, and if you don't have fifteen dollars and you only have six, maybe look at the Loco Roco too. Why not? Maybe. Just know that I don't I, I don't fully endorse that because I haven't played it. Anyway, Taylor, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, and I, again, I want to apologize to everybody for for not having an episode until now. Um, my uh, summer's starting. Uh, graduation for people happened. I've already graduated, so that, that's not going to change anything. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, I'll get on on more of a routine uh, where I can start doing more of these shows more often. Um, and I, I think that'll be the case. So look look for more episodes. Uh, I'm definitely I've I've got a bunch ready. Uh, I've got a bunch of ideas lined up with guests. They're ready to go. Uh, we just need to play the game again to like get ourselves reacquainted, do a little bit of research just to make sure we get all our ducks in a row, and then schedule these things out. So, so know that more of these are going to be happening, um, definitely more frequently. But uh, hope, hopefully, this will tide you over uh, for a little while until I can 
get back on that. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, and we'll be back with another episode hopefully soon. Oh.